0: For the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania.
1: Live from our studios in Liberty, New York, this is Radio Catskills local edition. Good evening, I'm Jason Dole. We're bringing you news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. And we're wrapping up our election coverage. We've been covering this local election for weeks now. And we're going to get into some election wrap-up tonight. We'll hear excerpts from some of the reactions that we got from some of the candidates earlier today on Radio Chatskill. As well as the heads of both uh, the Democratic Committee and the Republican Committee in Sullivan County to give us the main story of what happened with the election. And also for our weekly news roundup with the river reporter on a Wednesday evening, we're turning to the river reporters reporter Ruby Rayner, Hazelcorn. Ruby. Thank you for joining us once again.
2: Hi, thanks
1: for having me. So, uh, what's, what's the big story? I Is it true that, that only there's only one, uh, Republican incumbent who, uh, did not lose their seat to a Democrat so far?
2: Yep, so far that's true. Yeah, the legislature, the county legislature, is looking like it's going to have a Democratic majority for sure. And depending on what happens with the ninth legislative district, um, it could be an even bigger split.
1: And what's happening in the ninth?
2: Yeah, so I think it's important... Or listeners to understand when we discuss the election results that these are the unofficial election results so right now these are not the complete and final results but it's most of the votes that you're gonna see so you can vote in um, from a couple of different places you said yesterday right you went to an election site
1: yes I went to my usual election site I didn't do early voting I went on on uh, election day to where I vote in White Sulphur Springs
2: Yeah, exactly. So that's most commonly what probably people think of when you think of voting. But there's also absentee voting, um, which is when you request your ballot earlier and you can send it in or drop it off, and that's become more popular um, in the pandemic. And then there's also something called affidavit voting, which is when you are at the poll and if potentially you cross off Two things, because candidates can run on multiple parties. For example, you can run on the Republican and the conservative ticket. And if a voter gets confused and maybe crosses off both of those, they're voting for that candidate twice. And so the machine won't take that, the voting machine, in which case they'll have to do go through an affidavit process. And then the Board of Elections then tries to count that vote and, and will look at it. Um, but it will happen after.
1: Right. It It requires a a person to take a look at Is that what is meant when I'm looking at the unofficial election results that are posted up uh, by the Sullivan County Board of Elections? Is that what is meant by a double vote?
2: Yes. Yeah, exactly. So when they seal up with somebody for whatever reason that happened, they by accident did that, or they maybe didn't fill in the bubble correctly. You know, they're old and, and they had a shaky hand. They'll seal up all of those, even the incorrect double votes, and they'll send them, and then the Board of Elections will go through and determine, you know, which was the the final actual one and make sure that the person is voting once and only for one candidate and correctly.
1: Right, but for now, all of the results that we're talking about, these are uh, unofficial election results posted by, uh, in our, this this case, we're talking about the Sullivan County Board of Elections. Absentee ballots, provisional ballots are still to be counted, and we'll expect those results in the next couple of weeks. And in most races, they probably won't make much of a difference. But what's happening in the ninth Legislative District?
2: Right, so that's where it comes into kind of, it does matter whether you... Get those last absentee ballots, which are able to be counted so long as they were postmarked yesterday. And they might not have even been received by the Board of Elections yet, so there's no way they could have counted them. Um, and that's right now in the ninth district is there's a race between George Nicolaitis and, um, Terry Bolser Bernardo, and there's only a five vote difference. So, um, who knows, you know, but it could really be determined by those last couple of absentee ballots or um, some other votes that are still being counted.
1: Wow. All right. So uh, what else are you looking at in terms of these election results? Well, uh, in, in New York state, there were um, uh, a couple of proposals that were on the back of the ballot. If people turned over if, uh, their ballot and take a look there, what do you, what do you see in there?
2: Yeah. So there was, two different proposals in the statewide on the back. One was to change the debt limit for small city districts. Basically, smaller districts have argued that the limit is unfair and inhibits small school districts from tackling larger projects to improve schools. All schools, regardless of school district size, should be treated equally is the question um, when it comes to their debt limit. And so people were able to voice their opinion on whether they might agree with that or disagree. And then there was another measure um, that was regards to sewage debt, and it asked whether to extend a debt limit exemption for sewage facilities. So voters were being asked whether to allow cities and towns to go beyond their debt limits to build new sewage facilities. They actually currently have this power and ability. The measure would extend it for another 10 years. But some people were very confused because of the wording. Voters that I spoke to yesterday, um, one, one woman who identified herself as above 80, and I'll quote her here, she said, there were two proposals in the back I had never seen. I wanted a letter or postcard in the mail to explain specifically the two questions, and I didn't get anything. I'm going in to vote, and it's very loud, people talking, and I'm trying to concentrate. What do they want me to do for these questions? Another person said, You need to be a lawyer to understand these questions. So (laughs) some of them are a little... I think people were a little bit confused, and it was definitely multiple people mentioned it, and it's just interesting to definitely keep track of, look out for where people and voters are confused when trying to exercise their right to be, to their right to vote.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, those are folks that you talk to in person?
2: Yep, those were folks that had just voted. And I asked all of them, how was your voting experience? And um, a handful of people brought that up as a point where they were felt a little bit of confusion going about their voting.
1: Okay, uh, great. And then um, what about the town of Highland? I heard that was a competitive election. We've been focusing a lot on the the county races in Sullivan County um, and that was where there was a lot of uh, uh, focus, but there was also things happening at the town level. Um, not too many offices were contested, but I guess in Highland it was.
2: Yeah, there's been some big changes in Highland um, to the current um, what's what's been going on. So the town of Highland hasn't experienced much turnover in the supervisor's office, which was um, the race that was very competitive um, for over a generation. Andy Boyer was the supervisor from 1983 to 2015. And in 2013, um, Jeff Haas, the current supervisor, was first elected to the town board. And in 2015, when Boyer wasn't on the ballot, Haas then became the supervisor. And in 2017 and 2019, Haas ran unopposed on the Democratic, Republican, conservative, and independent lines, and won. So in 2021, Haas was challenged by, this was most recently, by in the last election by uh, Pizzolatto, and Haas won by only 20 votes. So it was a very close election. And in this election, the same, um, Haas was challenged by Pizzolatto, and... Right now, the election results are 471 votes for Pizzolatto and 382 for Haas um, with absentee and provisional ballots not yet to be counted. So turnout has gone up in Highland over the years, and Haas's numbers have seemed to gone down, Um, but we have a long stretch followed um, by Haas where there was no kind of change. So this is a big change, definitely, in that in the town government.
1: Okay, great. And let's just circle back to the county level in Sullivan County. I mean, we talked about the big news um, that there's been a pretty major flip in the makeup of the county in terms of the two parties, uh, and then that there is one very close race that, that still uh, we're still waiting to see what happens with that one. But why? From your reporting, from what you're seeing, what might be some of the reasons uh, for this change?
2: Yeah. So there has definitely been um, some pushback from the current ruling legislature, which is why we may have seen so many of the seats flip, the incumbents um, who were currently in the legislature now. And um, oh, there was a couple, there's been a couple of different controversies within the county legislature that could have definitely driven voters to vote and make those, those changes. There was a lawsuit between um, two of the current legislatures, Dougherty and Alvarez, and there was some controversy around how the county has dealt with the death of a young child of an overdose And there was also some pushback about the slow release of opioid settlement funds, um, as well as conditions and fines around the adult care center, which I know you all have talked about. So it's interesting to see that the ruling majority has definitely switched, um, and it could be because of people not happy with some of these different things that have gone on under under their control.
1: Okay that's that's great. Well, I want to thank you for uh taking a look at all of this. Now, I know in on the other side of the river in Wayne County, um essentially the and 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 you know, all they have county commissioners there. They've only got 3 and uh, all three of those uh, county commissioners uh were were reelected which is what they were uh, uh those candidates were hoping for there was a fourth candidate that was hoping to get on there that didn't happen so there was no change there would you happen to have any information about pike county it appears that uh at least uh matt uh or uh um, osterberg was uh r- was reelected uh, do you happen to know anything else about pike county
2: yeah matt osterberg was uh so it's three the top 3 winners And the second most votes at this time is um, Ronald R. Schmalzel, and then Krista. um, And those three at this point will be the Pike County Commissioners.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I think that about covers it for the election. Anything else on the election that you want to get to?
2: No. um, There was good turnout and... Where I'm excited to see how some of these changes play out in the county.
1: Yeah, and so am I. You know, uh, again, we had a results coverage this morning on Radio Chatskill. I do encourage the listener to go listen to that program because we'll be playing excerpts from some of those interviews, but uh, some of them are worth hearing in full. But absolutely, the uh, the the care center issue in Sullivan County was a, a major issue and was mentioned. Uh, by both of the candidates that we talked to, as well as the head of the Democratic uh, Party. And, uh, but talking last night to, uh, Sandy Oxford, Sandra Oxford from, uh, the Working Families Party, as well as a labor advocate and activist in the community, uh, something she said really stuck out to me, which was, uh, that in Sullivan County, the the health of the county is literally on the ballot is essentially what she said. Meaning that yeah, you know, sure, there's the care center, but there's other issues in the county about uh, you know the county's near the bottom of the rankings for health in New York State. And uh, she was talking about just the infrastructure, the the personnel that make that happen, and the governance of county health and that that's something after she said that I've been looking at health care issues in the county right along. We're always covering that. But that's something that I'm really interested in seeing moving forward is there's going to be a significant change in how various aspects of health care and the well-being of people within the county are going to change beyond just the care centers? So that's something I'm going to be looking for.
2: Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see how the new legislature takes those issues on.
1: Well, um, and I want to point out for the listener, if we haven't already, and if they missed you last night, that this is now this is going to be the usual thing for you. You're going to be checking in with us doing the weekly news roundup for The River Reporter. We thank uh, Leah Mayo, who did it for a long time, and now you're the reporter who's going to be talking to us every Wednesday?
2: Yes, that's right. Okay. I'm looking forward to
1: it. Well, I want to welcome you on board, and thank you so much for ably handling your first uh, weekly news roundup here with us.
2: I appreciate you guys.
1: Thanks. All right. Have a good night, Ruby. All right. That's uh, it for the first half of the show. We have more election results coverage to talk about the fallout of election night yesterday. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association.
3: Radio Catskill. Listen local.
4: Support for Radio Catskill comes from The Never Sink General Store, featuring deli sandwiches, gourmet specials, and catering. TheNeverSinkGeneralStore.com From The River Reporter, the community newspaper covering four counties in Pennsylvania and New York along the Upper Delaware River. RiverReporter.com And from listeners like you, who donate at WJFFradio.org.
1: Okay, up next on the local edition, uh, which is the show, by the way, I'm your host, Jason Dole. Thank you for staying with us. Um, we do have more reactions to the election. And again, uh the reporting that we've been doing is based on the unofficial election results, in this case uh posted by the Sullivan County Board of Elections. Absentee ballots and provisional ballots are still to be counted. Uh, but this morning on Radio Chatskill, we spoke live with a number of folks, and uh, that included the heads of both parties in the county, both major parties in the county. So let's start off with the reaction of Anne Hart, chair of the Sullivan County Democratic Committee.
4: Oh, I felt very, very good. Yeah, I'm glad it's time. It's It's time to turn a page. It's time to bring our government back to the kind of government that functions well. And I'm really looking forward to the good work that they're all going to do.
0: Uh, and reflecting on this, this most recent election, you know, can you share some insights and some things that the Democratic Party was looking to face in the upcoming year?
4: Oh, I think the first thing they're going to have to face is the fate of the uh, care center. Uh, our, well, you think the Democratic Party. Or are you talking about the new legislature? I guess I misunderstood your question.
0: The new legislature. We'll start there.
4: Well, the new legislature, definitely, they're going to have to um, address the situation with the care center and make some decisions about what they can do. Um, uh, you know, they've got to learn a little more than what they know right now. But um, I think that's probably item number one is really to address that situation, which has became so dire over the last three and some years. I, I'm looking very much forward to seeing um, a group of people work together as a team to listen to each other respectfully, to have compassion uh, to you know, for each other and for the residents of this town, and I'm really looking forward to see that, to seeing that happen there. Um, you know, we, there uh, it's been so divisive. We kind of forgot what it looks like when it works well, and I'm looking forward to seeing that and having that as a model for um, everyone else, really, who is in a situation where their government is divided and divisive.
3: We've been focusing uh, a lot on the legislature, and are there some uh, town level? races that you want to point out
4: well uh the bethel democrats did really well um as expected it's a great team over there at bethel and we had a really good upset uh in the town of highland with john Pizzolato and laura burrell uh for supervisor and town board member uh respectively so uh, they've worked really hard over there they ran two years ago and we're very happy to see that, that they prevailed over there. And uh, we're looking for the possibility of a third win there depending on the rest of the absentee ballots coming in. So congratulations to them.
1: So and we already asked you like what's next in terms of the Democrats in the legislature. Let's go the other direction with it. What's next for you and the Democrats? And more importantly, what does yesterday's uh, election mean for the work that you're doing next year?
4: What it means for the work that we're doing next year is that we have been able to um, establish good working relationships with uh, the people in our towns, the committee members and the volunteers in our towns, um, and that we expect and hope that that will carry through and become stronger next year so that we can focus on um, what is a very, very big, it's the presidential year, it's congressional year, it's state senate year. And of course, um, we hope to see Aileen Gunther reelected yet again, um, next year. So, um, it's, it's been this year a lot about party building, about building infrastructure, about creating, you know, about really having our party become what it, what it should be. Um, a group of people from, Different areas of the county with different ideas about things, with different problems, with different obstacles come together for a common goal, which is to really have government work for the people. And that not only is at local level, it goes all the way up to the top.
1: And Hart, chair of the Sullivan County Democratic Committee, speaking to Radio Catskill Live earlier this morning. Uh, All the interviews you're going to hear are from uh, that program this morning, and uh, they're all excerpts except for this interview, Greg Goldstein. We actually talked to him longer off air than we originally talked on air. So here's the full conversation that we had today. Greg Goldstein, chair of the Sullivan County Republican Committee.
3: I have mixed emotions, but what happened last night was the right thing for Sullivan County. And do you uh, want to expand on that? Well, obviously, uh, years ago, I was chairman for 17 years, and then I I didn't run again. And I was asked this year to come back because of the leadership that we had on the county level as far as the um, legislature. And it was to, you know, remove or, or really take uh, Mr. Doherty uh, because he was not cooperating and, and just uh, not a solid leader and um unfortunately some of the people that followed him got took out was taken out in the wave also and um you know we need new leadership to move sullivan county on we can't have this um, this one-man operation trying to lead sullivan county it's not right and we need to get government back to being cordial respectful and uh doing what's best for sullivan county
1: uh, Greg, this is Jason Dole. I, I hear you on. You, you feel like this is the, the right thing, uh, for Sullivan County. Of course, you're the head of the Republican party. Is this a good thing for the Republican party? And, uh, what's next on the horizon for you and the Republicans?
3: Well, it, it you know, as far as, I'm, there's some people that will disagree with me as far as the, uh, if it's good for the party or not, but, you know, the committee knew what what I was brought back here to do, and and with the help of Tom and, and and a lot of committee people, we did the right thing. Uh, so we now have to regroup. We have to get back to where we were, get stronger, qualified candidates for run for public office. Not that we didn't have them, but we need to. What's what's the new thing? Reboot or whatever they say. But it was a difficult thing for me, not you know to, you know to to do what had to be done, but it had to be done. That. You're
1: emphasizing the positive here, but as you look uh, to this new Democratic-led uh, legislature, do you have any concerns?
3: I no. Looking at the makeup of the legislature, I think this. I know this is a legislature we can work with. I'm glad to see some young faces on the legislature. I think between Louis and uh, Nadia, and and the folks coming in, I think and and with the Republicans that will be there, I think this will be a productive meaningful uh, legislature i don't care unfortunately if it's not fortunate let me rephrase that if it's democratically controlled that's fine this is sullivan county it's not you know it's not the united states as far as uh, the bickering we want to do and i and i know the democrats and and want to do what's right for sullivan county
1: you were basically brought back, uh, to a leadership role in the Republican Party. Are you going to stay with it? What are your future plans in terms of, uh, local politics
3: and, you know, heading off the, the Republican Party? I'm an old guy. You know, uh, no, I have a two year term and, and I don't have any plans of stepping down from this, uh, at this point. You know, I'm not going anywhere. I want to, we need to rebuild this party. There's a lot of people that want the party rebuilt because they know that, uh, People have to have a choice, and uh, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. It was a very difficult decision to make, to, you know, to do this. And, and we were. This was. This is what happened, and this is again. This will be a good thing for Sullivan County, you know, and I think, and I honestly think that we can work together with the the elected the um, legislators coming in. And you see, there, there are a good bunch of people.
1: so you have a two year term. Does that that mean? Uh, that you're, you're on through next year. And if so, we asked Ann about this. How does what happened yesterday, uh, set you up in terms of what the Republican Party wants to do, uh, next year for next year's races?
3: Well, I, again, I have to look at what races we have coming up. Obviously, the presidential, uh, election next year. But this, this is going to help rebuild the Sullivan County Republican Party. That's my goal right now. And that's the majority of the committees and the and the party wants. We need to rebuild our party so that we're back there with good candidates that will, you know, listen to input from everybody that's on on board and not treat everybody rudely or or whatever you want to say. It's got to be a working legislature. As I said, it's Sullivan County. We need to. We all we have positives, we have negatives, but we have to work on both of those to strengthen the county.
1: All right. Well, Greg Goldstein, I thank you for taking your time
3: today to talk to us. Thank you so much. Thank you very much and great coverage, guys.
1: And again, that was Greg Goldstein, chair of the Sullivan County Republican Committee. Uh, We also spoke to Matt McPhillips, the presumed winner in the race for Sullivan County's first legislative district having received more than 61 percent of the vote to incumbent Robert Doherty's 38 percent, a margin of uh, about 23 percent there. Uh This is perhaps the most watched race in Sullivan County, as we just heard. Even the Republican chair uh, said that the removal of Doherty was a priority for Republicans and and Doherty was a Republican. But having already talked a lot about that, let's hear about what McPhillips is hoping to accomplish once he and his colleagues take office in the legislature.
0: Right out of the gate, first things first, and, and it really is an urgent situation. We got to make sure that we take back control of the care center. Um, that, that one's very time sensitive. We really got to make sure that we do that and, and really take care of the people that, uh, you know, are our residents, are our neighbors, uh, that are living in there right now. Um, and, and make sure that they're getting the care that they deserve. That's number one. Um, and that's the most time sensitive thing. Number two. Um, you know, I, I said it before, and I'll say it again, the opioid crisis needs to be addressed in a more cohesive and proactive manner. Uh, we need recovery facilities, we need uh, opportunities to place people in safe housing so that they're not re-exposed after they're coming out of uh, rehab programs and everything else. We need to make sure that uh, they have the resources in the community here uh, that they're going to need for recovery. And that means detox, that means treatment, that means caring for the people Our neighbors our friends that we all know uh that are struggling um housing another one that was a really big thing for me and 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 a really big thing that i want to push i want to work together directly with towns uh to address the crisis that's happening right now the the rental market is crazy rents are super high especially post COVID. housing prices are insane we need to make sure that we're taking care of uh, working people that want to live in our communities and want to contribute and want to be a part of this county I want to work directly with any planning boards, any town boards that are looking to increase their stock in housing. Um, I'd like to work with the IDA to, to incentivize some new building uh, because I feel like we really do need to increase the stock. Um, and, and what that looks like, that'll be worked out together in partnership with the town, um, in partnership with my fellow legislators. Um, and, and just making sure that we have buy-in from the public as well. It, it, it has to be a collaborative process, and I'm looking forward to get that started. Um, yeah, and, and, and the last thing really is just working together, being civil, making sure that, uh, we, we hear everybody's opinion and that we're making solid decisions for the, for the people of Sullivan County.
1: Matt McPhillips, presumed winner in the race for Sullivan County's first legislative district. And finally tonight, Cat Scott, presumed winner in the race for Sullivan County's Legislative District 5, having received more than 55% of the vote to George Conklin's 44%. Conklin was the incumbent. Uh, Kat was not a one-issue candidate, but as we heard from her before the election and again this morning, there was one issue that directly led to her being a candidate in the first place, the care center, the handling of the care center, a place where her mother resides. Uh, but when she talked to us this morning in an interview I urge you to listen to uh, on Radio Chatskill uh, go to the archive, go to wjffradio.org or sign up for the podcast. you got to hear this whole thing. Um, she didn't have a full-on solution. She says, you know what, we need to look into this issue more before we take the actions that need to be taken.
4: Before you come up with a solution, you have to have a full understanding of what the problem is. And like I said, the last almost four years, we have not had transparency with this legislature. So without having full transparency and without having a full understanding of what is going on i'm not going to come out and make big promises i will do what is right for the residents of that facility and the residents of this county um but without having a full understanding of what's going on you you can't but yeah we do want to take it back we do want to make sure that the people there have the care that they need that is a goal but how we do that moving forward i can't tell you how we're going to do that until we get a full look at the finances
0: you know, watching the, uh, let's your meetings, I, I watch it weekly and I seen your progress. I've seen you coming to the meetings, holding up signs and and, and definitely because of the care sector. Well, well, before we get into that, what was what was your mom's reaction? Did you tell your mom?
4: Uh, I'm going there after I do this. Oh, so i great. I'll, I'll, I'll go and let my mom know, yeah.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: And again, that was Kat Scott speaking to us this morning on Radio Chatsco. Go listen to the whole interview. It's really interesting. That's going to do it for the local edition tonight. I've been your host, Jason Dole. I want to thank you so much for listening. I want to thank everybody that went out and voted yesterday. We'll be back tomorrow evening to do it again. The Daily is next.